another episode of the Legacy of Goku podcast. This podcast all about the Legacy of Goku series, Legacy of Goku, Legacy of Goku 2, and Boost Fury, the mechanics and the lore of the series. I am your host, uh, Kevin Emery. Uh, so let's just get started. Um, I always like to start these podcasts with a trivia question. So I ask you the question and then you uh, can kind of think about it. Try to see if you can figure it out without looking it up. Uh, but if you do need to look it up, you obviously you can. I can't stop you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but if you don't want to look it up, I do give you the answer at the end of the podcast. So if you want to stick around to the end of the podcast, just kind of a little thing to hold the show together. So the question is, um, name the gym and Home for Infinite Losers, or H-L- HFIL. Uh, there's a gym there in the game, uh, and it has a little uh, logo on top. And uh, so what's the, what's the logo say? What's the name of the gym? So let's get into the actual game where we left off right before we go face Raditz and uh, where you talk to like that hermit, he teaches you the solar flare for some reason. (laughs) Trust me, it gets weirder in this episode. Uh, (laughs) And so basically once you get done saving the little uh, village there, making it at peace again, he teaches the solar flare and then you head on up. Uh, to face Raditz. You talk to Piccolo and he tells you, you know, like, okay, let's let's do this. And then he literally doesn't help you at all. You're on your own. <laughs> Which I guess I can understand. You know, that would have required a lot more programming to have Piccolo, like, help you fight. Which that's actually one thing I want to mention. Like, I think that's a common thing throughout the series that none of the other Z-Warriors ever help you fight in any of the games. I can understand the first one, maybe even the second game. But by the third game, you think they'd have figured the programmers would have figured something like to maybe try to implement that in into Boo's Fury. Like having there was a couple of fights where like two people are actually fighting against the the uh, enemy, like maybe against Majin Boo or whomever. It's like why not try to implement that in? Have one of the other characters actually have the computer NPC or whatever. Uh, help you fight against the enemy. That would be kind of a cool thing to implement. Like I said, I can understand maybe with the first one and even the second one, but it's like by the third one, you think they would have maybe thought to add that in. Um, so, yeah, just something I thought I'd throw out there. I just thought it was kind of funny that Piccolo is just like, all right, let's do this, and then he literally does nothing to help you until the very end of the fight, which is just a cutscene. So pretty much uh, fighting Raditz, though, is himself is pretty easy. He's really not that tough, all honesty. The problem that makes this really hard is the freaking mechanics of this game. Like I said, I've talked about this before. The mechanics in this first Legacy of Goku game are really stiff, really blocky, robotic, you know, punching. The enemies don't react at all when they punch you. All it does is just make their, uh, you know, make they turn red and it implicates that you did some damage to them, but they don't actually move back or, you know, flare back like they do in the sequels, which is a much big improvement in the sequels. Um, But you can blast, of course, your enemy from a distance, but your blast uh, just don't do as much of effect. But your solar flare can come in handy because it does stun your enemy for like a second. Um, depending on how long you charge it. If you charge it for just, if you just quickly throw a solar flare, it'll only stun them for just like a split second. And then you'll have a, either a second to get away, or you can have a second to punch them, which does a lot more damage to your enemy, or a second to maybe just throw a few blasts at them if you want to do that, uh, you know, without them trying to hurt you. 
Um, or you can charge your solar flare and do a much longer stun, which I've found that even charging your solar flare all the way really doesn't make them stand there all that much longer, really. So the solar flare is, it does help you get away and stuff, but it's really not all that useful in putting damage on your enemy. Like I said, you can do the whole tactic that some people do where they quickly solar flare their enemy and then they go up there and do a quick punch and then walk away and then solar flare, quick punch, walk away and then just cycle, rinse and repeat kind of thing. Um, you could do that if you want to. I never really do that. I usually either just, uh, I usually just use the solar flare to get away if they get too close to me. Or you can, of course, just fly away if you need to. But sometimes you don't have enough flight um, in you because you have to get a flight circle. And sometimes you don't have enough flight feet uh, charged. So you have to um, get away a different way uh, by using the solar flare. So like I said, I usually throw my key blast. Now, once you get the Kamehameha wave, it gets a little bit easier in terms of blast because your Kamehameha wave does more damage, especially if you charge it up a bit. Uh, but it, it punching is just... Very, really annoying like I said unless you want to do the whole rinse and repeat with the solar flare punching thing punching is just really annoying in this game because you're constantly to me it's just it's less it's just easier if you just throw blast at them or um, uh, just try to punch them without the solar flare just do a couple try to throw a punch or two at them and then just try to get away from them uh, to me that's just easier but in um in saying all that, like I said, Raditz is honestly pretty easy. He's honestly not that tough, especially if you did the um, suggestion that I recommend, like I said, where you train on that dinosaur right before you go fight him. If you trained and got yourself up at least to like level 8, then Raditz will be pretty easy. Um, if you go, if you have the patience to go even further than that to maybe level 10 or even possibly level 12, um, then he'll be even easier. Really just, if you can get a couple of punches at him, really just a few punches and then some blast and you got him. So, but really even at level eight, he's really not that hard. Yeah. Excuse me. And so once you defeat Raditz, of course Piccolo shows up and he uses a special beam cannon to kill both of you. That's all just done through cutscene though. And then now you'll uh, appear in front of King Yama. You talk to King Yama and Kami and uh, Kami will be standing there too, and then they tell you about how you need to go train with King Kai, all, you know, all that good stuff from the show. This is pretty much where, there's parts of this game where continuity uh, continuity stays really close with the show, uh, where it's very similar, and then there's parts where things are w way off from the show, to the point where it really sticks out, like I said, with the whole solar flare thing. Like literally, like some random hermit in the woods teaching you something that was Tien's technique. Like they could have had Tien teach a teach it to him, but I guess I understand they wanted him to learn it at the very end before you go fight Raditz. I get that, but it's just it feels so out of place to me. I guess if you're a heavy Dragon Ball, like back then I was like the. I mean, I still like Dragon Ball Z. I'm a fan of the series, but I'm not as obsessed with it as I used to be. Um, but when I was a kid, I was a teenager. Uh, I was, you know, preteen. I was a huge fan of the series. And that, to me, that was just, it was wrong in my eyes. I'm like, you don't teach, you know, <laughs> this goober that we don't even see in the show doesn't teach Goku the solar flare. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> But anyway, but it, trust me, it gets weirder. We'll get to that, though. But basically, they tell you about going to train with King Kai, but you, in order to do that, you got to cross Snake Way, and it's a really long crossing. It's definitely not as long as it is in the show, though, because in the game, it's way shorter. 
Um, obviously, for game purposes, they had to kind of shorten some things down, which is understandable. Um, so you cross Snakeway the first time, keyword the first time, because you will have to cross it again. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. If you're familiar with the show, you know that he, Goku actually crosses pretty much the Snakeway almost completely twice. Um, so... Eventually, as you're crossing, once you hit about the halfway point, uh, you bump into Princess Snake. Uh, but you only f- uh, you talk to her, and she talks about trying to get you to dance with her, and she starts flirting with you and crap because uh, you know she has a crush on Goku, I guess. And then, but then when Goku says uh, basically refuses to or just doesn't get it, uh, she basically gets upset and she says, "Well, maybe I'll just eat you." But she only stays in her human form. She never transforms into the snake like she does in the show, which is, I guess, kind of disappointing. But I understand, you know, that would have taken a lot more time and effort to do all that stuff. But they wanted to try to at least throw something in there, I guess. So they were like, "Hey, you know, Princess Snake is in the show. Why don't we throw her in?" So, um, so you fight against Princess Snake on Snake Way. She's really not that tough. She's about. I think about the same level as Raditz. She's pretty easy to beat. Um, So once you beat her, you continue down Snake Way, but it isn't very long after that when Goku suddenly loses his balance. (laughs) Like, literally, you could walk right in the middle of uh, Snake Way, and Goku will be like, I think I'm losing my balance in a very robotic, uh, you know, text tone. And he just goes, and it goes, loop, and then it just shows a screenshot of him in the show slipping off of Snake Way. Because in the show, you know, he uh, gets really tired, and, but he wants to keep going. But that guy, that his job to clean Snake Way, uh, he basically, you know, he was like, well, you can hop on the back of my cart, you know. And so he falls asleep on the back of that cart while the guy is cleaning it. And uh, that's when he, you know, he accidentally slips off while he's asleep. And he wakes up in uh, the Home for Infinite Losers as the American dubbed version, the original American dubbed version uh, called it. But it's actually, of course, hell, you know. But they were trying to be censor it just a little bit for the Western audience. I think now on the show they just call it hell with the new dubbed version. But the original dubbed version, they called it the Home for Infinite Losers. Um, But yeah, so now that you're in Home for Infinite Losers, in the other world... um, while you're in the other world, you do spend most, in the game anyway, you spend most of your time in the Home for Infinite Losers. Um, this is where most of your training is going to happen. I know technically in the show your training happens on at, uh, you know, uh, King Kai's planet, but in the game you spend most, you obviously get, and it's an RPG, so you get most of your training by actually leveling up your character. So most of that will take place here in the Home for Infinite Losers, but you do do some training on King Kai's planet, but we'll get to that. Excuse me, geez. So you do most of your training here. Uh, when you first arrive, it's a little confusing as to what you need to do. Uh, basically, it's not too... If you just walk around and explore, though, you'll either bump into Gaz or Mez, and they'll basically kind of point you in the right direction. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Gaz, he wants to race you, and then Mez, I think, uh, or maybe it's the other way around. Um, he basically tells you, well, if you help my friend, he's lost three souls. You know, if you help him, then maybe I'll let you, you know, go walk through this little force field there. So basically you see King, King Yama's fruit. If you're familiar with the show, you see King Yama's uh, fruit sitting there on the ground, but there's a, like a force field, like blocking you from walking up the steps there. So you can't get to it. But the guy says, if you help my friend out, find these three lost souls, then, um, then maybe I'll let you through. So once you find his friend, um, he's over by the um, the gym there. 
um, you find him and he tells you about these lost souls. So if you just explore around, you'll find these souls. The only issue with this is some of the souls you actually fight and train on them. You can actually blast them or punch them or whatever, and you can train on them. But then some of them are the ones you need to help. So it's like if you start blasting at one and then it's literally just going right through them, then you just walk up to them and you'll start talking to them and that you'll realize, okay, this is the ones I'm one of the ones I'm supposed to help. So then they'll start following you back to, uh, back to the guy that needs the souls. So you find him and you bring them back to him. And, uh, like I said, then the other ones, like they literally look exactly the same. You think, uh, web, uh, Webfoot technologies would have maybe tried to implement something to make them look a little different. To me, it this most of the stuff I'm on board with because I understand this is their first time probably tackling on a game this big and this grand. I'm totally, I'm very forgivable with some of the stuff, but with something like this, this just feels like straight up lazy uh, development to me. Like with the concept of having these souls like literally look exactly the same. It feels, it sticks out so much to me. Even when I was a kid, I was just like, that's kind of dumb. And I was just like, like to me, that's just straight up lazy, uh, if you ask me. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff in this game that feels, you're like, yeah, but I can understand. I'm, I'm willing to understand some of that stuff. But this is not one of those things. To me, that's, like I said, this just feels like straight up lazy development. <sighs> So once you rescue the three souls, um, you, um, of course, the uh, they don't tell you anything, basically. Well, he kind of does. He says if you um, distract my uh, distract the Red Devil, or Gauze, or Mez, which, whichever one he is, I can't remember their names. Um, they're very minor characters in the series. Uh, uh, if you distract him, basically by talking to him, and he'll want to race you. Um, and then, then the, um, the wall, the little invisible wall there to the steps should disappear. So you walk back over there, um, and you grab Yama's fruit and that's when he'll appear there and says, uh, you know, like, Hey, you tricked me, blah, 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 to get King Yama's fruit. And then, um, so basically to get, just to get you out of there, get them out of your hair, get you out of their hair, uh, they, um, you know, they show you which way he is out, and they said, this will take you to King Kai's planet. And he's like, oh, great, thanks. So he goes through this little crack in the wall. It's all This is all done through cutscene. But he'll go through this little crack in the wall, and then, ta-da, he appears at the beginning of Snake Wake, which, of course, if you've seen the show, that's no surprise to you. But, you know. Yeah, so you're back at the beginning of Snake Way the second time. Uh, the good thing is, is it's much faster this time because now they introduce these little, uh, the red... Uh, flight circles if you've been keeping up with the different colors of the flight circles there's the green ones which i think only give you five steps the um the yellowish goldish ones which give you 10 steps and then there's now there's these red ones which i believe give you 20 steps so each time it like doubles and so when you get back at the beginning of snake way they appear with these red ones so you're basically just like flying pretty much and they're spread all over snake way so you pretty much just fly straight there so i guess they figured by this point you might lose some patience if they didn't try to help you out a little bit like well just give them a bunch of flight circles and uh you know that way they can just fly through real quick but it also helps keep it in tone with the the tv show you know it to the best they can it, it cracks me up that they tried so hard to try to keep continuity in this way but then in other ways it just feels so out of place like i said with the whole solar flare thing and it's about to get weirder here in a second 
but yeah, so basically once you get to the end of this uh, um, end of Snake Way, King Kai's planet is located off to the left. It's actually, so you actually don't want to go to the very end of the tail there. Um, at the end of Snake Way, uh, you actually want to go slightly off to the left and then fly over to King Kai's planet. It's literally just like right over to the side there. You fly over to this planet and... Um, and then, yeah, like I said, you're there. So that's the beginning. But we'll leave, story-wise off, we'll leave that off. Um, in terms of explaining the story and stuff, we'll pick back up with King Kai's Planet in the next podcast. So with this whole part of the game mostly centers around Home for Infinite Losers. This is probably my least favorite part of the game. I've never been able to quite put my finger on why, and it's it stayed true that way even over all these years as I replay the game even in my adult years. I still just don't really care for this part of the game. Don't really know why. Like I said, I just never really cared for it. Um, I really love the beginning of the game. That's To me, that's where the game really shines. It's actually my favorite part. Part where you go to the, you know, you're training through the woods and you're helping the village out and stuff. I, I love that part of the game. That's my favorite part of the game. But this part, once you get to this part, I just don't like it. Um, I don't know why it is. I just don't know if I don't like the look of Home for Infinite Losers, if it's just kind of dull looking. It's just kind of boring here. You don't really do much. It feels like a lot of fluff uh, just to help stretch the game out. There, It really doesn't feel like there's any point and purpose to this. It's like it's not fleshed out enough to be true enough to the show, but then it's also not quite, you know, quite plain enough to where you feel like you could just throw it out all together i don't know really how to put it but it it just feels a little boring to me it maybe it helps that this is probably not my favorite part of the story of the show uh, i never really cared for uh, goku's story of traveling to king kai's planet on snake way to me it's just kind of a boring story uh, in those episodes, I tend to pay more focus attention to like what Gohan and Piccolo are doing with their training. To me, that's a much more interesting side of things. Uh, when they're training to get ready for Nappa and Vegeta to show up, um, I never really cared for Goku's side. But like I said, the show still is interesting because you see what goes on with Piccolo and Gohan's side. But unfortunately, in this game, since you only uh, follow along with Goku's story, because you only play as Goku in this game, it makes... Uh, it just, I only see the boring side. To me, it's boring. Now, some people may like this story. They may really like the story of Snake Way and him going down to hell or home for infinite losers, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you may like it. So you might find this part entertaining or at least slightly fun, at least, you know, maybe it's not fleshed out enough, but you might find it at least slightly entertaining because you like the story. But I, however, am not the craziest fan of this story. I don't think this part of the game is really done very well. Um, it feels a little slapped together to me, a little rushed. Um, the, both gameplay and story of this part of the game feels a little rushed. I mean, the whole game feels rushed, but especially this part of the game. This is where the game really kind of falls apart a little bit. But luckily, it comes back together pretty decently at the end of the game, and that's that's why I can still appreciate this game. It is it is my least favorite in the series, but I can still appreciate it and I really enjoy the first game because, like I said, it starts off so well, and it ends pretty well, too. It's just, unfortunately, it's this middle portion of the game that falls a little flat, and uh, just 
never really cared for it. Like I said, even as a kid, from the first time I played it up, even years later as I continue to replay it, just never really cared for it. Uh, it's just boring to me. But yeah, that's just my opinion. Uh, you can let me know what your opinion is if you want to, you know, contact me on Instagram. Uh, like I said, my Instagram is in the show notes. If you want to contact me, DM me on there, get a hold of me for this podcast or any of my podcasts. Uh, yeah, let me know what you think about this part of the game or this game in general. Uh, so let's get to the trivia question. Back to the trivia question. The trivia question was, what is the name of the gym in the Home for Infinite Losers in the Legacy of Goku game? So the name of the gym uh, was kind of a trick question. The name of the gym is basically just health and fitness. Uh, uh, it's just a health and fitness center, essentially. Uh, on the top of it, it just says health and fitness. So did you remember that logo being there? Probably not. Most people don't pay that close attention to the details of this game. Um, or did you have to look it up? Um, you know, just let me know again, you can contact me on Instagram or whatever. Um, and so that's pretty much it for today's podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I know this episode may have been slightly more boring than, uh, some of the others, because like I said, I don't just like, I, said, I don't care for this part of the game, but maybe you found it entertaining of me, uh, ranting about this uh, part of the game. I don't know, but, um, uh, but that's pretty much it for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to get a whole uh what or listen to some of my other podcasts, I do have others. Um they'll all be in the link in the uh show notes. Uh back uh, in the bottom of the show notes, the links will be there. Also, I have a YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Um the links will also be in the show notes for that. And I think that's it. So this is the Legacy of Goku podcast. I am Kevin Emery. And I'm out.